Here, take my back radio. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spot, isn't he? I think he can hear you right now. I made a money! That little boy did it! For no more radio, you are listening to The Cave, a weekly podcast looking at the best and worst in pop culture from yesteryear to tomorrow. Hello to you, wherever and whenever you are in the world. My name is Shane Adamzak, and with me, as always, is the Obelix to my Asterix, the Captain Haddock to my Tintin, and the Penfold to my Danger Mouse. It's Mr. Paul Gravovac. You know, Shane, I think watching uh, people like the Fonz and Jesse from Full House for years have led me to having this condition where I try to take off a woman's bra, and if I can't do it in one motion, I feel like I've disappointed everyone. That is completely fair, logical, and based on years of research, and I'm proud of you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, for the first time ever, Paul, we've got a third person with us in the cave, like live styles. Uh, a very smart lady, a very potterific lady. It's Thief, it's James. Hi, how's it going? Oh, it's the first, it's the first time we've had a girl in the cave. What oh, do we no. do? I've already talked about bras. I gotta go. Just act cool. Okay. <laughs> um, so Thea is here for a very special segment we've got coming up later in the show, which is going to stick around, which is super fun. Uh, so to kick this show off, guys, I'm going to ask you both a question. I'm going to ask you another would you rather, because I quite enjoyed that last week. Mm-hmm. So this is what I want to know. Paul, Yeah. every time, uh, and for Thea, every time you kiss your partner, would you uh, rather kiss your partner and shrink a little bit, <laughs> right? Mm. Or whenever you kiss your partner, Trump gets 50 votes closer to being president. Oh. Well, firstly, thank you for reminding me that I'm alone. Um well, it's just a th- it's a theoretical, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it just brings home the fact that I'm just desperately and wantingly uh, alone in this world. Um, so thinking about that, I guess <laughs> what I'd like more than getting smaller, because kissing's really fun, because um, I think I'd, I'd probably shrink to the size of a, a thumb nail uh, in the first day, uh, I'd like them to become president. And if I kiss them more, they become president. And that's way better than Donald Trump. No, but that, I'm afraid that's not one of the options, Paul. What? It's either you kiss someone and they get a little, and you get a little bit smaller. Every time you kiss someone, Donald Trump gets a little bit closer to being president. Oh, Donald Trump gets closer to being president. Yeah, yeah, not them, not them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll still stick with it. I'll just kiss them less <laughs> until uh, the elections are over. Okay, smart move. What about yeah. you? Yeah, well, that was my question. Was like, does this still apply after after the elections in November? I'm going to say after the elections in November, when Trump doesn't win, and I'm going to say confident when he doesn't win, it will count towards his votes next election, though. Even so if like he four... isn't running. Even if he isn't running, yeah. So he just gets a bunch yeah. of mystery votes. That'd be great. Yeah. Does this apply to like future Trumps? Like if someone kills Donald just, Trump, just Donald Trump, or okay, just Donald Trump, just Donald Trump. Okay, okay I so. think I pick shorter to be on the safer side. Um, I just wouldn't kiss very much. Ah, well, how much shorter each time? Just a little bit shorter. It's like a tiny bit, but it adds up. It's like maybe I'm going to say half a millimeter each time. Oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can, I can base my kisses out over here. I don't, I don't know, Thea. You might want to look at a ruler. Like it doesn't take too many kisses, and you all of a sudden. 
You know, it looks really inappropriate when you're kissing. Are these kisses like like on the mouth kisses, like mouth to mouth kisses, or do, like if they kiss my cheek? Do I? I'm gonna say just sure? mouth on mouth kisses. Oh yeah, we're fine. Oh god, I yeah, mouth kisses. Oh damn it! I, <laughs> I never really kissed there. Jumped up and bit me on the ass, didn't it? As long as other kisses are allowed, we're damn it. Trump is okay. Trump is president. My girlfriend's super short. <laughs> oh jeez, Louise. All right, let's talk about what's happening on this week's episode of The Cave. Thank you for joining us, of course, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk live-action Disney remakes. We're going to get very, very deep into the world of Harry Potter, which we haven't done yet. We've got more questions from the audience and a few other surprises up our sleeves as well. Uh, hey, Paul, have you caught any of the new South Park yet? Episode uh, 1 and 2, I think maybe even 3 of season 20 has just come out. There are three episodes out. They're sitting there waiting for me. Uh, I've caught clips and bits and bobs because it's hard to miss anything in today's world of social media. And um, I've actually been torn. We've been having the conversation at home whether we should wait and uh, like wait till all 10 are out and watch them all back to back because now that South Park have shifted to this whole like narrative arc over the entire season rather than just sort of isolated episodes, maybe it could be more fun just treating it like one big movie. So I haven't watched them yet, but I am abreast on what is happening, and it's looking hilarious. I'm two episodes in, and you're in for a real treat. I also, uh, we watched the other night, we watched the Six Days Until Air documentary. Have you seen that? I have, I have. Which is, uh, for those of you guys that haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. It's called Six Days Until Air. It's a South Park documentary. It's only about 45 minutes long, but it basically takes you behind the scenes of the South Park writers and production room from woe to go when they make one episode in under a week, which is how they do it now. Well, we make an episode in under an hour. Yeah, that's true. You are absolutely correct. And our show goes for just as long. Oh, they're longer. Their episodes are only like 20 minutes. If anything, we're way better than Matt and Trey. Where's our goddamn documentary? That's what I want to know. Thea, where's our documentary? Like, uh, Jerry's Out Gang. You've got a camera. (laughs) It only takes photos, though, not videos. You can do stop motion. I could do a South Park documentary of you guys doing a podcast. Oh, I like it. you You could animate us. Yeah. That could be pretty cool. I like where this is going. It would take me six days. Six days. Six days until the last minute frantic put together, we can call it. Six six days in Tibet. All right. um, (laughs) Well, going from one thing that is very uh, unchild friendly to something that is, let's talk Disney, Paul. Okay. What do you want to know? Uh, In 1933, Walt (laughs) Disney was born, probably, and he started drawing from that age. Uh, the first thing he drew uh, was uh, just a piece of lint uh, because he didn't actually know how to draw anything and he was just holding a piece of lint. Ah. Way, way earlier than the first. And that's more true history with Paul <laughs> Grabberack. Um, well, this week they announced that they're going to make a live-action Lion King movie, which is pretty big news. Uh, John Favreau, of course, from the Iron Man films, he just directed the really successful live-action version of The Jungle Book. And now the Lion King. And I'm, I don't know how I feel about it. This is like a big thing that Disney have been doing over the last couple of years. Uh, Cinderella was a really big one. Of course, the Jungle Book. They've got Beauty and the Beast. They've just released the first set pictures from that, uh, with, um. Emma Asbel. Watson? Emma Watson. That's the one. Thank you very much. Hermione? Hermione. As Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks pretty cool. How do, how do you guys feel about this? Because, I mean, I've, <laughs> I, the only one that I've actually seen is the live action Jungle Book, and I've seen that several times just by accident because it keeps playing on all the planes that I keep flying on. 
You know you um, can actually choose which movie you want to watch no, on the plane, right? No, I've caught it several times uh, okay. by accident. There's nothing I can do about it. It's and it, honestly, it was. I don't think it was a perfect film, but it was pretty good. I um, thought but it was I don't, pretty but great. I have. But this is another thing that we, when we were talking about reboots weeks and weeks ago, we talked about reasons why some of them should and shouldn't be made. And, you know, we've got attachments to the original things, like we were talking about Ghostbusters, for example. And The Lion King is one that I am so firmly attached in my pop culture psyche, whereas The Jungle Book was one that I, you know, I, I saw it maybe once or twice, and then the live-action one, you know, didn't really thrill me either way. But The Lion King, that terrifies me. It's got to be good, right? Well, here's the thing about all Disney films like that. It's like, what is the most iconic thing outside of the beautiful animation? It's the music. And what Jungle Book had going for it was this sort of compelling sort of story about the boy and, you know, his caretakers and the man cub becoming a man by virtue of the things he does to protect the, the wilderness. And while there's, like, this great Shakespearean story in The Lion King... It's, you know, it, it's not going to be live action for starters because every single one of those animals is not an actual human and it's all going to be <laughs> yeah. computer generated. Um, but it's, it's yeah. the music. We need the music back. And Jungle Book had a bit of the music, but it sort of treated itself... Um, it reinvented the music and I thought that was very clever of it to do so. But it just feels like one of those movies that isn't going to benefit from live action. I guess I just I just don't want a serious version of The Lion King. Like if they remake it, which I mean it looks like it's for sure going to happen, I just want it to be the same movie. I just want it to be the same movie. Why don't they just release The Lion King again? <laughs> well, this this is what we said back when we we're talking about, you know, Ghostbusters to a lesser extent, but yeah. You know, they're going to we're going to get another Indiana Jones, we're getting more yeah. Star Warses, and mm-hmm. it's just this constant thing where it's like maybe you shouldn't. Oh, but maybe you could. They could make another Lion King, and it looks like it is confirmed. John Favreau, the director of The Jungle Book, is confirmed as the director for this. Yeah. Um, for those of you who still don't know who John Favreau is, he directed Iron Man and also played the character of Happy uh, Iron Man's butler. He was also in Friends. He was uh, the eccentric billionaire that married... Yeah, he played uh, Ross. He was Ross in Friends. <laughs> no, he, he dated Monica. He yeah, was the eccentric he, billionaire. Yeah, Ross, Ross and Monica were brother and sister. They never dated. No, no, you're thinking of uh, Phoebe's twin sisters. They never dated. That's right. Correct. Sorry. I, yeah. That's my fault. Yeah. Yeah. Mad about you. That's the show. That's the one right there. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Norm. Good stuff. <laughs> anyway, so how, how are you feeling about it, Paul? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Or are you sitting where I'm sitting with the remake of The Crow where I'm like, well, if it's going to happen, I'm at least hoping that it's going to be good. Well, I'm, I'm not sitting where you're sitting because you're in Canada and I'm in Perth, but... What I what I have got You're going an on idiot, is this, thank you. Um, <laughs> these are the jokes. Uh, what I have got is sort of this idea where I really kind of like the new Jungle Book. I don't think we need a Lion King. Um, nope. I'm actually more excited for the other remake they've got in the pipeline, which is the Little Mermaid. Ah, yeah. Have you seen the new animated Lion Guard TV show, Paul? Uh, Voltron. Are you talking about Voltron? No, no, no. The Lion Guard. It's on the Disney Channel. It's a Lion King TV show where it's Simba's second child, I believe. It's a, a boy. 
And it's him and his friends going on little adventures. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. I saw all the toys when I was in Vegas, and I didn't understand. And now you've given me context, and uh, I, yes, I don't, I don't think I care already. Well, I think I think the pilot episode goes for half an hour or something like that. I think that should be some research for next week. What do you say? Fair enough. We'll come back and sing the great cover of "I Just Can't Wait Till My Sister's Queen and Then I'll Be King." So there we go. So well, let's let's make some kind of consensus. See how are you feeling about the live action Lion King remake? Well, what's interesting about uh, the Lion King versus the Jungle Book is the Jungle Book was a story first, right? Sure. Like the Jungle Book is uh, Kipling, isn't it? Um, yeah. And so there was like a, an actual book, and a lot of Disney's source materials were actual stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I don't know what the Lion King's source material was. I mean, besides the, the, the Lion King is is basically um, well, it's an homage to Hamlet, right? To Hamlet, yeah. But it, but it doesn't have like its own source material in the same way those other stories do. Like, is there a book or a source before The Lion King to draw from? There are some rumours that there are, they took a lot of inspiration from, of course, Hamlet, but also uh, Kimba, the White Lion, which is an old anime cartoon. Oh, okay. uh, and if you look at some of those comparisons, they are there. But essentially, it's an original Disney movie. Yeah, which makes it different in terms of like the remake world, right? Uh, like Lion King hasn't been remade, whereas really the Jungle Book has been remade many, many, many times. True. The Disney's Jungle Book is not the first Jungle Book. There's been a live action Jungle Book before. So arguably uh, there's more pressure on them now to get it right, would you say? Yeah, I'm just curious about like how that makes it different. Like there's, a, you know, are they going to do like Dr. Doolittle and put like peanut butter on all the lions? lips to make them look oh, like yeah. talking or are they gonna <laughs> and it's you know but it sounds like Paul's right where That's how I they, get Paul to talk for uh, this podcast. Papier, Sorry, what are you guys talking about? I'm I'm eating this delicious peanut butter. <laughs> Doing a great job, buddy, love you. Keep up the good work. <laughs> but yeah, like it seems like a shame to go with the animated stuff. Even though animation's really good today, like I think animation on the whole proves to be dated in within a couple of years. Yeah. Um, the thing yeah, is, though, I mean, they've already got all the voice actors recorded. They could just use the same audio and just reanimate the whole thing, you know, with live-action-looking animals, right? But well, I won't. think ostensibly that's what's going to happen. I mean, what else What, what else can they do? They, like, even in all of the Jungle Book, they rarely had live animals in front of the child actor. And, well, I mean, you'd hope so. Well, I don't know. I thought it would have been kind of cool. I mean, like you say, in the other remakes, um, I think there was one with Brandon Brandon Lee, wasn't it? There was a live-action Jungle Book, and um, he... I don't think it was Brandon Lee, but it was some someone of that ilk. Someone of that ilk. Um, yeah. And he had, you know, live monkeys that he channeled, and even in the latest Tarzan movie that came out, there were a few instances of live animal interaction. Um, and I think it could be fun using live creatures, at least so you could have some beautiful nature shots... Um, yeah. But I guess for all the hero sort of shots and dialogue, it's always going to be easier these days for people to fall back on CG animation. And to Thea's point of how they're going to reinvent, I think the trouble with the Disney live-action Jungle Book is, and what we are talking about, is this reverence and this idea that we're holding on to the old source material and people are going to want to hear and see those things in live-action. And it's just Yeah, absolutely. Trouble. I mean... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear Simba not voiced by Ferris Bueller. I don't want to hear Mufasa not voiced by Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, look, Justin Taylor... 
Justin Taylor Thomas needs some new work, so <laughs> let's get him back. Uh, now, see, I see where you've got um, confused because the guy that was in the live-action Jungle Book was Jason Scott Lee, who pri- who played Bruce Lee in Dragon the, Br- the Bruce Lee story. That's where so that there's, was. There's the uh, the Lee connection there. Well, let's move on from live-action Disney to something else that's uh, bringing Disney into our real life. Do you want to talk shoes, Paul? Do I ever? So when I was in Vegas, I bought these great vans. Uh, they were Nintendo-themed vans, and uh, they've got, like, this rainbow print of all the, like, their 8-bit uh, Super Mario characters on them, and underneath it says, Game Over. And I've never worn them because they're so special, but I've, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to wear them because there's a new special series of shoes coming out um, from Pixar. It's a collaboration between Pixar and Vans. It's Pixar-themed Vans, and it's so cool. Uh, they only tweeted out today uh, that they're going to be released, or, or you can order them on October 7. Um, it's a huge series. There's like eight different uh, shoes you can get, and um, they're for boys and girls, which is awesome, um, because Vans just work that way. Um, you've got all your favorites. Like There's a Buzz-themed shoe that's predominantly sort of white with purple stripes, uh, sorry, green Super stripes cool. and like a purple base. Um, Very spicy. Yeah, you've got these woody ones which uh, look like faux jeans and then have like cowhide on the side like his vest. Um, cool. You've got these cool high tops uh, that are pink uh, like Bo Peep. I think they've mm-hmm. got little frills on them as well. Um, Very cool. And they're just covering for everyone. So like for the moodier kids, there's these black vans that have all of Sid's, you know Sid, the bad kid next door? Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's not got, Sid. Well, he's not on it, but all his creations are. All the sort of uh, um, Frankensteinian toys that he has. Oh, very cool. Um, and um, all the other ones have like collage prints and um, there are high tops that uh, look like Woody's boots. But the best part, the absolute best part is all of them have Andy written underneath on the soles. Oh, amazing. I love it. Yeah, we're actually looking at it right now. There's also one with the... Uh, Buzz and the aliens that glows in the dark, which looks super cool. Right, right. So basically, if you're looking to buy some gifts uh, for your buddies, uh, Shane and Paul here at the cave. Yeah, we accept you know, bribes. Yeah, we'll, we'll promote your stuff. I'm a size uh, 12 and a half, generally. Yeah, I'm an 8 to a 9. You know, somewhere in that field will always work for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got we got listeners now. We got, like, up to, you know, 10 listeners. And, you know, that's... <laughs> That's big. Well, if every one of those people bought us a shoe... You could all go in together. We'll start a uh, GoFundMe campaign. Yeah, Indiegogo. Look for it. Coming up soon. It's called Bribe Your Hosts. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool. Um, all right, guys. I'd like to get a little bit supernatural, a little bit wizard- wizardry, a little bit magical, mm. if you will. I want to delve into the world of Harry Potter as we start a new segment, which is uh, called... Convince me. Uh, the way this segment's going to work uh, each week when we do it, uh, either Paul or I are going to bring in something that the other hasn't either read or watched or seen or viewed, whatever it may be. It could be a TV show or a book or a comic or something. And we've got to try convince the other person why this is worth our time. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about Harry Potter, and that's why Thea's here as our resident uh, wizardry school uh, expert, as you will, uh, <laughs> wow. teaming up with uh, Paul, who's also a huge wizard face, as I like to call it. Um, basically, <laughs> there's this big thing online, and everyone's been doing it on Facebook, the Pottermore quiz, and I know we've all done it. 
where you go online and you type in some stuff into a website, a Harry Potter website, and you find out uh, what your animal is. What your, patron- your what patronus. Your, your patronus, sure. See, this is this is what I didn't know. You find out what house you're in at the school, and you find out what your magic wand is made out of. And everyone was doing this, and I was completely uh, unaware of what any of it meant. I went online, and I did the quiz. I got some pretty cool stuff, but I know what none of it means, because basically I've seen the films, uh, except for one of them, uh, which is... <laughs> I haven't seen the Half-Blood Prince, which is where... Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Snape kills Dumbledore, right? So I didn't see that movie, and then saw the next movie, and was like, Hey, where's the where's the old wizard guy to who I went to the movie with? And they're like, oh no, he doesn't know. Uh, so basically, why is I'm, everybody I'm, so mad? Yeah, why is everybody so pissed off? Where's Dumbledore? Uh, basically, basically, my point is, when it comes to Harry Potter, I'm a bit of a noob, and I want you to who have read the books, to convince me why I should go back and read the Harry Potter books. So, here we are. We're on the cave. Convince me. Thea, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, so, I come at things very logically, so I actually have like a three-part argument. She has like a <laughs> type-down document. Um, this is very impressive. This is well, far more organization than any of us have ever done on the cave. This is I- the way This is the way I like to operate. <laughs> so, I guess maybe I'll just give my first point, and you can interrupt me anytime, sure. Paul, if you want to jump sure. in. Um, but um, So, you say you've watched some of the movies, and I guess I, I want to preface uh, why you should read the books by just saying that you cannot uh, base anything you learn from the movies, because the thing about the movies is they're they're great at sort of representing the magic sure. um, of the world, uh, but there's for me um, so much more to the world than just the magic. And of course, I'm just, I'm sure we'll talk about how awesome the magic is, but uh, the the films um, they sort of bring the magic to life, but we lose the sort of character developments, we lose uh, that dynamics between characters, those sort of like mini little magic. Uh, Sort Se- of story sex- moments. Sexual tensions. Sexual tensions. We lose all of that. book series. Actually okay. huge in some of those books. Um, but like we lose Fred and George. We lose Harry and his parents. We lose sort of complexities between Harry and uh, he who shall not be named. Um, and so Dumbledore. I, Dumbledore. No. It's no. Voldemort. <gasps> Thank you. You're not supposed to say it. <laughs> you aren't. Well, it's tough. How do we? Uh, he's dead now. It's okay. Fear of the name what? only increases fear of the thing itself, you guys. Boom. But oh, I feel like I'm in too deep. <laughs> unless you're in the seventh book, and then you actually shouldn't say Yeah, that. don't say it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was just how I want to start, is like, don't base anything, any decision you have to make on reading the books, don't base off seeing the movie. Well, a lot of the people who I've told that I've only seen the movies, uh, I've told them that I've only seen the movies, uh, are very passionate about the books, and they say, oh, no, 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 you've got to read the books. But I just want to know why. And so far, you made some pretty compelling points. Well, look, let me let me add to that. And I'll just say, like, <clears throat> I know the sort of things that you like to watch and enjoy. And, you know, the book series starts off, what a lot of people rarely say, is that it kind of starts off as, like, a detective series. Like, every year mm. the kids get in there, there's this new mystery to, to solve. And it doesn't really play out well in the movies. It's more of an adventure, which it is, right. of course. But... There are so many twists and exceptionally sort of like uh, thrilling plot twists that you don't see coming a lot of the ways. And it happens in these smaller subplots as well as it does in obviously the main arc. And like because it covers the entirety of this child's life from like childhood into teenagehood and like borderline adulthood now, especially with the 
last book in the series, I guess you could call it being The Cursed Child, the script of the um of the play. Mm-hmm. Um Paul, we'll this... just on a just on a if I can just take a small yeah. side note on the, the latest play. Mm-hmm. Um don't threaten to read the last <laughs> page of that book to somebody or who hasn't read it. Even if you're joking because they won't know, and they'll throw a glass of water at you. I throw oh, yeah. a glass of water at Shane. And when well, you... well, you should. I would have thrown much that... more than that. Right? Yeah. And I stormed out of the room. <laughs> it's a lesson learned, and we're strong before it, and now we know. Don't but... muck around with Harry Potter fans, because they are insane. But I agree with you, Paul, that there's, like, this beautiful character development, like, following Harry from a child, from a, a 12-year-old mm-hmm. to uh, a young adult, um, where we see um, that, like him and his friends are always sort of striving for goodness, but what that is is not always clear, and that they are not always awesome people. Like, we see them at their best and at their worst. We see their humanity. Uh, And that's something that that I really love. And and I grew up, I'm a little bit, I think, younger than you guys, and I actually grew up with the books. So when I was, um, like, 12, 13, I was waiting for my, like, letter in the mail to, like, go to Hogwarts. And there was a bunch of us. Sorry, Paul, all, like, Paul was waiting. right there with right? you. Right? I'm, I'm still waiting. <laughs> but that's, and that's sort of part of, like, like what is what was so amazing about the books is that you could believe these characters. Like, you could believe they were actually actual people. You could believe that, um, you know, that the mother, uh, that Ron's mom would put, um, I would cover a stamp with, sorry, cover an envelope with stamps because she didn't know how the Muggle Post worked. Like mm-hmm. that was such a funny joke that was so simple that you lose in um, in, in the film. Let me let me ask you guys this: If I go back and read the Harry Potter books, do I have to start from book one to enjoy the journey, or can I start a little bit of the way in? Because I've heard the first couple of books are a little bit kiddyish for someone my age now. Uh, well, I think it's I think an easy should... enough read that. You yeah. blitz through it anyway, and it gives so much context to the world. Like, it is your initial foray into this world building, which includes characters that might go away in book two, and you'll see them in book three, and vice versa. Sure. You know, there's peoples and experiences you need to have in these books that flesh out the world that me and Thea are telling you to get right into. It does sound good. It does sound appealing. Will I have as good an experience reading the books or should I get Stephen Fry to read them to me in the audiobooks? Because A, <laughs> Stephen Fry rules, and B, I'm not made of time, you guys. I listen to a lot of things while I'm doing other things. And this could be a way, this could be like a happy compromise, maybe. What do you think? Or do I need to be looking at it and absorbing it into my own brain? I, I don't know. Go ahead. Okay, I have an opinion. So I I have read the books a couple times and have listened to the audiobooks a number of times. I'm really obsessed with the audiobooks. Nerd! Don't I love them. You're in a safe place. This is the safest oh, place Oh, man. Last ever. night I couldn't sleep and I was like, oh, I haven't put Harry Potter on my phone yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a new phone. Anyways, um, Stephen Fry does an excellent job um, of narrating the audiobooks. Um, you should read them first, though. Uh, I think on audiobooks only compliments your original experience um, of reading them. Uh, and is not any way to replace uh, replace them. Okay, I agree. I've got a just a list of um, sort of like adjectives and 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 sort of verbs that sort of describe everything that goes through Harry Potter. And if you don't like these things, then maybe they're not for you. But if you do, Shane, I think these are for you. Are you ready? So should I just give you a yes or no on these? Yes. Okay, oh, go for it. Friendship. Oh, I love friendship. <laughs> okay, loss. Oh, no, not lost. It's a bummer. Love. 
Ah, I'm back on board with love. Hatred? Ooh, bad. Envy? Hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. Loyalty? Ah, that's the best. Trust? Friends till the end. Fun? Ah, I love fun. I'm always up for it. You know me. Misery? Ah, no, my least favourite Stephen King film. (laughs) Hope? (laughs) Ah, Springs Eternal. Faith? No more. Respect? The authority. <laughs> agony? Ah, oh, <laughs> agony arts. Nostalgia? Ah, uh, we do a podcast about pop culture, Paul. And finally, <laughs> you know? unconditional affection. Ah, oh, cool. Okay, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like a, a vast array of emotions and a bit of a journey that I'm going to go on. Yeah, is it a journey that you will take with us? Look, I think so. I'm feeling pretty convinced. Thea, have you got any any final arguments? Maybe I would only say, um, uh, besides the magic, which is like so metaphorically beautiful and perfect. Um, it's a metaphor for sexual tension, I assume, right? No, no, yeah? it's not. It's a metaphor for multiple yeah, things. For sure. all the things that Paul listed. I'm pretty <laughs> sure J.K. Tolkien has got it figured out. Oh, God. Out. Stop. What are you doing? <laughs> um, no, but uh, if... if this is a maybe a simple reason, but like read all of the books so that you can read the seventh book because the yeah. seventh book is one of the best books um, ever and sort of brings um, and you could say the same about the sixth and the fifth as well um, and the fourth and the third whatever. All of them. Um, <laughs> read the first them. one so that you can keep reading them. Yeah. Continuously until but, forever. But actually the seventh brings a lot of what Paul was talking about. I wrote down some of the same words like uh, loss, mortality, failure, power, legend, friendship, destiny, mm. uh, folklore, like um, all of these things are come come together in the seventh and they're all hinted at like throughout the book in this kind of beautiful way um, that sort of comes together really beautifully at the end. Um, so yeah, read the book so you can finish reading it. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm definitely on board. I'm going to keep you guys up to date with how I go with reading the Harry Potter books. Uh, which is your favorite magical spell from throughout the series and what happens? Oh, oh. God. I, I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to say... It's a big question. I understand. Off, off the top of my hat, I'll just say uh, Ridiculous against the mm. Boggart just because I like to see what it what it turns into Ooh. in both mm. ways. How it manifests <laughs> no and what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See ya. Uh, you know, like, I'm kind of curious, and this is so nerdy, but, like, the cooking spells and the healing spells are not really something that the books ever get into, but mm-hmm. are, of course, like, uh, and you, you never learn them, but then all the women seem to learn them, like, throughout <laughs> the story without it ever being taught in school. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck is up with that? Um, anyway, so I, I'm, it's not my favorite spell, but it's a spell I'm curious to find out more about. But I guess Expecto, expecto Patronum or um, Expelliarmus being being two good ones. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're classics. I've got to tell you, like, Theo, you've, you've yeah. convinced even me with this conversation. I'm going to go back because I've got... Um, a copy of The Philosopher's Stone illustrated by Jim Kay, um, which is gorgeous. And I've had it sitting there for like a year now. So I'm actually going to maybe tonight go start that. Honestly, The Philosopher's Stone is one of my favorite rereads because you can read it in like an afternoon. And I, I won't, even if you, for, and you forget like little bits of it, you forget stuff. And so yeah. rereading it, you get to the end and when, uh, um, I'll just say it because I think everyone knows, when they win the House Cup at the oh, end. Oh, what? <laughs> I just haven't read it yet. It is just, everyone knows it happens though. You've seen it in the movies. Like, they, it's is that just when they the win? most joyous thing to read. It's like so happy. It's like infectious. And, and anyways. And yeah. they win the Golden Sniz. 
And they win the snooze, yes. The golden snooze. Oh, God. <laughs> cool. Well, that was Convince Me. We're going to bring this segment back where maybe next time I'm going to convince Paul to check something out, something new, uh, which I think will be pretty cool. Hey, do you guys want to answer some questions from the folks out there in internet land? Do I? Uh, if you guys want to send us questions, there's lots of ways you can do that. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at thecave underscore podcast. You can email us at thecave at nomoradio.com. Or you can hit us up on Facebook. Just look for The Cave Podcast on Facebook and send us a message. Like some of these people gone and done on the internet computers. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Hey, Thea. Robert Woods asks, what movie should be the next hit Broadway musical? So which movie should they turn the next Broadway musical into? So, uh, you know, something, something, the musical. What do we um, want? What do we I want think to see? it should be Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm listening. Give me, give me the pitch. Okay. So the, it starts with an empty <laughs> stage, uh, and then there's just like this sole character in his blacks sneaking around. And the tension builds as sort of the world starts to brighten up under the moonlight. And you see yeah. he's trying to sneak into somewhere. Turns out it's Ethan Hunt. But then he takes his mask off. And it's not Ethan Hunt. It's somebody else. And then the real Ethan Hunt comes on. And there's Whoa. this sort of, like, challenge of identities. <laughs> and it becomes this question of espionage. And, like, there's always a love interest. And the tensions are always so high. The stakes are always so high. How can you not break out into song? Oh, I like it. Now, there's a real tendency these days with these new musicals to have, like, a, a specific band that does the music. Mm-hmm. For example, Spider-Man had U2. Uh, there's one called The Waitress, which uh, Sarah Bareilles does the music for. Uh, you know, there's, like, Rock of Ages, which had a big 80s soundtrack. Which uh, group or artist would you have do the music for this? Uh, it'd probably be the same artist that did the music for Mission Impossible 2, which I believe was Linkin Park. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah. Whoa. I think I think that would work. No, <laughs> oh, it's just gone from a reasonable idea to a terrible idea. <laughs> Not saying I wouldn't watch it. I mean, I went to, I went, I spent the money to go see Spider-Man the musical, and that thing was god awful. But one of my favourite things I've ever seen. Um, what about you? See, what would be a, a movie you'd like to see made into a big scale Broadway musical? Well, I feel like um, Hamilton the musical has really changed the way we were we're going to make musicals now. So yeah. maybe I'm going to suggest instead that what, like, Wikipedia entry am I going to turn into a musical? Oh, shit. Ooh, All right. What oh. historical figure will be a musical All instead right. of what movie? I mean, that's not what Robert asked, so he'll be <laughs> fucking furious. But I say go for it. <laughs> and I don't have an answer to you, but I'm just going to challenge the very idea of... <laughs> Even asking that yeah. it's a movie. Sure, I'm going to do Google the musical. Yeah. It's like people, people just yell stuff out from the crowd and they just sing about it. Um, you know, <laughs> my, my answer is going to be what most of my answers always come back to. It would be uh, Transformers 1986 film, the animated movie, the musical. Uh, Julie Taymor's on board again who did The Lion King and the god-awful Spider-Man. It's way over budget. <laughs> Real life Transformers, the singing just Stan Bush songs from the original film, uh, and then by the end, the entire theater turns into Unicron, and I jizz my pants. The end. Have my two hundred dollars sold. Where, where can I buy it? That's it. Uh, um, uh, Mike Adamzak. Hey, that's my brother. He sent in us a bunch of uh, versus questions. So, like, this person versus this one, who would win? Uh, there's quite a few to look at. So. Um, 
I'm going to pick my favourite one. Well, let's do, let's do, first of all, let's do Batman versus Daredevil. Who do we think would win in a fight between Batman versus Daredevil? Batman. Both uh, in some way based on blind superheroes, you know, bats, and of course Daredevil being the blind superhero. No, see, Batman, Batman had two fully than... functional eyes, though. Yeah. And had the technology to have x-ray vision. Mm, they're both trained ninjas, though, and Daredevil has got heightened senses. Yeah, but Batman can just sort of stay still and look at him via the bat plane and then just uh, just wrap him up in a piece of rope. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're utilizing the many bat vehicles in his arsenal. Yeah, I think Batman has all the technology to get to Daredevil before Daredevil even knows he's being watched because he doesn't so, yeah, have eyes. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with uh, Paul. It's got to be Batman because his franchise is bigger. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll say Batman <laughs> probably would win that fight. Uh, let's go to one more from my brother. This was, this is a stupid one, uh, of course. Uh, Shaq versus Gilligan's Island. So uh, 90s to early 2000s basketballer Shaquille O'Neal versus the cast of Gilligan's Island. Uh, now, I'm going to assume... specify I'm... that it was the cast of Gilligan's Island or is it like... Oh, the, the actual, the the actual island. island. Or does he have to try and live uh, on the island? I'm gonna, oh, that is a good point. Okay. Well, originally I assumed that it was the cast of Gilligan's Island, and I was gonna say presumably in their prime, but maybe it is just Shaq versus the island, the island itself. How, how existential. Well, I think on a long enough timeline, the island always wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Shaq's a pretty big dude. And, <laughs> If, if he's there after the Gilligan gang, I mean, probably some coconut radios are still left around. He's got shelter. But this he is, is a true. giant man. Does he have to survive with them, I wonder? Oh, like that... I would watch Gilligan's the shit Island. out of that show. <laughs> Shaq and Gilligan's Island? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I can't remember That's whether there was any inherent racism in the cast of Gilligan's Island. Would, um, would Shaq be welcome there? I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was a Gilligan's Island crossover with the Harlem Globetrotters at some point. Okay. Please write in and correct me if I'm thinking of a different sitcom, but I'm pretty sure that that is a thing that happened. Also, write in if you could create the fan art, if that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Uh, let's go on to our last question while uh, Thea does some serious uh, Harlem Globetrotter Gilligan's Island research. Yeah, Oh, I'm totally right. It's totally a thing that happened. (laughs) 1981. 1981, there was a crossover with Gilligan's Island and the Harlem Globetrotters. 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) 45% is all you need. Uh, Okay, final question before we get into our challenge for this week. Uh, Paul Peacock, our friend on Facebook, asked, Avatar was basically Pocahontas on crack and it was rubbish. Discuss. Firstly, Paul, I agree with you. It was Pocahontas slash Fern Gully with a big budget. I do not care for that film. Um, often when I think about that film, I often imagine like a, a tire yard on fire. And then I imagine just dropping little small people who are blue onto that fire. And I just slip into like this pit of despair and agony. And I just, I God, I hate that movie. And I had to see it twice. Twice. That was six hours of my life. Six that I'm never, ever did you ever Why did you see it the second time? Oh, because oh, I had a girlfriend then. Ah, uh, but then you kissed her so much she shrank yeah. away. And now she's in a sink. 
And Trump is president. Good one, Paul. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we can all agree, visually, it was a big step forward for CGI. It looked really cool. There were some really cool sequences. But that's not enough for me. Nope. I mean, I need an original story. And when I say original, I don't just mean a reimagining. I don't just mean Fern... Like, it's... It's fucking Fern Gully. Yeah. Like, the shot of the magic tree is exactly the goddamn same. Mm-hmm. It's stretched out Smurfs in Fern Gully. Well, the and... good news is, Shane, you get four more movies to see now. Four. Great. Can't wait. Yeah. Bring it on. It's going to be fantastic. Remember when James Cameron used to make the most awesome films? Yeah. Terminator 2 was great. What? One of the best. Ever. Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, it's mine. It needed more robots. <laughs> But it was good. Yeah, if there was more robots in Titanic, that would have been pretty cool. Um, I mean, you got to respect that they built another Titanic for Titanic. If you play the Titanic drinking game, where you drink every time they see... they, You drink every time she says Jack, <laughs> or every time uh, they say something that you're like, oh, that ship's going to sink, when they're like, this ship will never sink. Um, uh, some, like, stupid foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, and, it doesn't look as big as a mall town, yeah? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then you end up being drunk when everyone starts dying, and it's really sad. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a drag of a game. Honestly, if everyone starts dying in the real world, I'd like to be drunk. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Women and children first, though. What do you say, Paul? Hey, man, are you assuming my gender? Well, I wouldn't presume anything, but I have seen your penis. Mm, this is true. Mm. All right, uh, let's move that's on. That's it. Something else. <laughs> uh, look, we're almost out of time. Hey, Thea, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, this is a spell just for you. Thank us very much, Asnus. Oh, dear. Mm, Harry Potter reference. Paul, yeah. I've got a treat for you. Uh, tell Last me week, challenge. Uh, do you want to tell everybody? I challenge you to go out and get uh, positive recommendations from random people uh for our show that they had never listened to and record them and bring them back to me. Get some Vox Pops for the show. Uh, at least two people hadn't listened to the show. I've done you, I've done you a few better. I've got quite a few people. I've actually made it into an actual trailer for our show, which I'll put up on the website as I will with a bunch of the stuff we've talked about this episode. Do you want to listen to it right now, Paul? All right. I'm going to listen to it right now. Hi, I'm Greg Fleet. And this reviewer is normally loath to use the words Shane Adamzak and the best podcast ever in the same sentence, but in this case I have to. The Cave is without doubt my favourite podcast. I love the stuff Shane does where he makes all those different noises with the blender and, and you know, makes, makes all different uh, blender sounds and then does impersonations of celebrities just using the blender. It's so good. I always thought someone should do that in a podcast, and uh, Shane has stepped up and uh, and done it. So, uh, 10 out of 10, The Cave, best thing I've ever heard. Or, sorry, best thing I've never heard. I really liked The Cave podcast, but the thing is, it, like, there's one guy on there, and his voice is like, oh, God, it's just so irritating. And But the other voice, I mean, the other guys, oh, he makes me want to, well... I want to sleep with them, so I just feel like I'm forced to keep listening. It's truly just just ahead of its time, phenomenal. Just can't can't get enough of it. I can't wait for the next podcast. Can't can't wait. I listened once, and then I got laid. So (laughs) I think that I owe the cave for that. While I think it's named in poor taste, I think the cave is probably one of the best women's issues podcasts I've ever listened to in my life. No disrespect, I appreciate the effort put into it and the, all the bells and whistles, 
But personally, just for me, I feel very attacked right now, and I'm just not sure that I get it. <laughs> so there we have it. Some of our biggest fans there, Paul, uh, reviewing the cave. Uh, <laughs> Every word having- was true. Right, every word of it true. Uh, so big thanks to all those guys that uh, helped me out with the challenge this week. Uh, it was a real pleasure. We're gonna, we'll put that up as a separate uh, audio clip on the No More Radio website as well. All right, Paul, time for your challenge. I'm giving Uh-oh. you another top five list. Another Uh-oh. top five list this week. And because we talked quite a bit of Disney, yep. I want you to bring in a list of the top five live action Disney films. So not cartoons, they have to be live action, your top five Ooh, okay. live action Disney films. Yep, okay, I, no, I, can, I, can, I can do that, I can do that. That's, that's a lot of movies, Paul, you think about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, okay, I have to go see Pete's Dragon then, just so I can round out that list. Yeah, you're gonna need a bit of time, so, uh, thank you for joining us, Thief, it's James. Welcome. Have you enjoyed your first The Cave experience? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll have you back again in the future. Paul! Yo. Thanks for uh, joining us. Oh, look, it's it's. I think it's actually a requirement of mine, given that my name's on the podcast. It's true. That's true. It would be quite hard to do this without you. It'd just be me doing both the voices, which goes like this. Hey, guys, uh, Shane here. Yeah, it's me, Paul. Here I don't, I don't sound like that at all. Uh, the Cave Podcast is produced in part by No More Radio, and if you'd like to hear more of The Cave as well as many other great podcasts, head to nomoradio.com where you can check out such podcasts as Deanne Smith's Questionable at Best. Make sure you check out her new album, Tell It to My Balls. Confabulation, a podcast with all true stories that happens in Montreal, Toronto, and Victoria in British Columbia, and the brand new podcast, Tales from the Black. Science fiction, horror, and fantasy storytelling inspired by The Twilight Zone and Black Mirror. It's a monthly podcast that happens in Toronto... And it's broadcast to you guys via nomoradio.com. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I would listen to nomoradio.com podcasts every day. Yeah, you can also find us on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you subscribe and all that kind of stuff and write a review and, you know, get the word out there. Yeah, if you let's, do like Let's it. get this show into double figures. Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna, come on, Mom. <laughs> Mom, tell my aunts. <laughs> um, all right, so until next week, my name's Shane Adamzak. I'm Paul Grabovac. I'm Thea. Calablonga. Calablonga. God damn it. (laughs) See you next week. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? A wizard.